Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 73rd episode. Again, I'm joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. Hello. First of all, Andy, a massive congratulations for the Spine Challenge Race. I know we're going to have a big in-depth chat mid-month about this. Well, actually, we might do it next week, but we'll send it out the <laughs> mid-month. But in a one-minute summary, how did it go? Didn't quite finish, as you know. Didn't quite finish. It was so near, oh, Andy. 95 miles in. It was 108 to go. Um... I think just heat, tiredness. I didn't realise how much sleep you probably do need. Um, oh, sorry, no, that's wrong in a way. I realise you don't need a lot of sleep, but I could have done with more. It was a couple of days of getting to the checkpoints a little bit slow, need to be faster on the hill. So that meant over the two days, um, the whole, well, actually all Saturday, all Sunday and Monday morning, I'd only had about an hour and a half's rest. And I think that just got the better of us with the, the heat. So we need to be quicker on the hills, some more hill work. And quickly, how much you raised for charity then? So I actually raised, so disappointed I didn't finish. Um, positive I had no blisters on my feet, I'll just mention that. I was pleased at how I looked after my feet. We'll talk about that more on the next podcast. But I got nearly 2,000, oh, actually it's over £2,000 for the Northumberland National Parks Mountain Rescue and the MS Relief and Research Fund in Morpeth. So that's a very big thank you to everyone for sponsoring us. Uh, chuffed a bit, so we're getting nearly two, well, just over £2,000. So. Fantastic. It was an epic, epic achievement. It wasn't the coolest of... Uh, it was the Sunday it was that very, very hot, wasn't it? It was the Sunday. Was the, really... Yeah, so the first day was the Saturday. Bad, that yeah. wasn't too bad. It was the Sunday. I mean, I had my Garmin Tempe sensor linked to me watch, and it was up to nearly 28 degrees. And the same... On the Monday, when I actually retired, it was about half ten on the Monday morning, and it was scorching as well. I was at the bottom of Penny Ghent. So I think it was a bit mental, were, a bit, bit mentally as well, you know. Doing yourself disservice. I was at the bottom of Penny Ghent. I know exactly where you, you bailed out, and you were nearly at the top of Penny Ghent. So don't tell us who I know, the I'd bottom. prefer that up, actually, yeah. <laughs> so. But no, a bit of an injury, tired. We'll talk about it more, obviously, yeah. But what can I say? The event, just the last, it, it, tough event, but so fun, and amazing staff and volunteers it's a really big buzz around it hence i will be signing up for it next year fantastic but thank you no problem so we'll have a big in-depth mm. chat about that and there'll be in two weeks time that will be we'll have a good hour chat of which will debrief talk through everything and yeah. uh, i know everybody will be looking forward to that but getting back to this month's podcast we have we're going to look at what's called grid reference finder how to convert a reference from anywhere in the world. We're going to discuss Garmin's Topo Active Mapping. There's been a recent update on some of the units that solves a problem that a number of you have been having. And then we're going to look at wireless transfer and following a course. Now, we discussed this in last month's GPS training podcast, but we're now adding this to our two-day Garmin GPS training course that we deliver around the country. And then we have Andy's top tips. So, without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. The first thing on this month's podcast is the Grid Reference Finder. So this has actually just come about today, Andy, we're talking about what the podcast. You yeah. use this quite a bit, don't you? So yeah. tell people what it is. Um, GridReferenceFinder.com is the website. And tell us how it is useful for all sorts of things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, it's a free-to-use website. Um, I've used it for a number of reasons. Uh, so as John's mentioned, www.GridReferenceFinder.com. Situation I had today, just to give you a good example of where I used it, a customer was going abroad on his holidays into Spain and he'd been given a list of 
longitude and latitude grid references for various accommodation stops on the way. And he was trying to get them into Garmin's Basecamp software first and then onto his Garmin GPS device so he had them as waypoints. Sounds straightforward, Garmin devices and Basecamp have lots of different settings for long and lat. But he was struggling just, and I can understand why, trying to match up the really long references that the holiday company had given him. And I was just trying to find an easy way to do it. So just to give you an example of what we did. On gridreferencefinder.com, it gives you the option to type in, for the UK, you can type in postcodes and address. You can type in an Ordnance Survey grid reference. But it also has a section where you put a lat and long in. I literally, just for the customer to test it, typed in the lat address that he had and the long address exactly as he had it written down, the, the 54 points, I think it was about 12 numbers, and then for the longitude of minus, etc. And what was nice on the grid reference finder, when you select go on the grid reference finder, it then the two things it does, it zooms in on a satellite map to show you where that location is. So it's great, we could zoom out and I was describing it to the customer saying, oh, your campsite's near the Bay of Biscay, couple of roads it's near but then I hadn't realized actually underneath the map it actually gives you the full address so the com customer confirmed that was the full address but what it also listed in the box was a much simplified um, decimals minutes and seconds reference much much shorter reference and what I sussed out is in a nutshell on Garmin's Basecamp software you can go into edit and preferences and change the setting to this simple it was the, the one that's the HDDD, MM, and then the seconds. And what was even easier on Garmin's Basecamp, where you go find locate coordinates, which is how we type in a grid reference for something we want to save. I could copy and paste literally as the grid reference finder displayed it in this easier format straight into the box on Garmin Basecamp and then recenter it and save it as a grid reference. And it was exactly where the customer wanted. So you literally just sat and used Grid Reference Finder to type in all these really long, long and lats just to give a more simplified reference that was easier to copy and paste into Basecamp. Fantastic. So it's a really nice way of converting something that you can't put into Garmin Basecamp and convert it into an easier format, isn't it, really, the lat and long? Yeah. I mean, the other thing I use it for, this is probably what I use it for more myself. Customers often say to me they're being given a postcode, mm -hmm. but they're using their GPS device without something like City Navigator Maps, which a lot of us, when you buy an outdoor GPS device, you haven't got City Navigator Maps where you can search for and type an address in. So they want to type in a grid, an Ordnance Survey grid reference into their GPS device to then locate and then search for it when they're out walking. So what Grid Reference Finder does then, <clears throat> you can type a postcode in, mm -hmm. exactly the same, select go, Shows you on a map where it is, and it gives you an Ordnance Survey grid reference as well. Very good. Can you do it the other way around? Can you can you put in a grid reference to give you spot a, on? Yeah. yeah <clears throat> Anything you type in from, so you have the choice of a postcode, a location like a town or a road, an Ordnance Survey grid reference, X and Y. So anyone using Easterns and Northerns, actually I've used that before for customers doing survey work who have been given an X and Y, and they need a grid reference. You can put a Latin long in and you can even type in what three words and any of those that you type in and select the go 
and then zooms in on a map satellite image to show you where it is and then gives you all of those back to you so you can pick the one you want to use which in my case with the Garmin I normally want the the 10 figure Ordnance Survey grid reference to then input into my Garmin. That's brilliant because I know on the course that I deliver I think you do something similar Andy when we do the section on GPX downloads we do about an hour a good hour really on yeah. GPX download I actually show people how we can create a waypoint at the start then convert it into a postcode with the idea then that they could put that into uh, their car sat nav to get them yeah, to start. Yeah, so, so the other way around. I mean, on courses, we always show customers how you locate a grid reference to centre the route where you're going to start yeah. a walk. But once you've got that grid reference, as John's mentioned, type that grid reference into Grid Reference Finder. You've then got the postcode yeah. for your car sat nav. Exactly know? right. So it's, it's an easy way. Really website. So, yeah, that's brilliant. So to find out more about that website, it's just gridreferencefinder.com. And again, it's just really simple. I say it's just got a number of boxes, doesn't it? And you just pop in whatever you're looking for and press yeah. the magic go button. I'll tell you one thing I forgot about, just to throw it in the mix. It actually gives you height data as well. Now, I'm not 100% where the height data comes from. I'd have to do a bit more digging on that. But customers who have wanted to calibrate the altimeter on a GPS say where they live and they don't know what the height data is where they live, actually putting your postcode in it will give you height data as well. So there's another thing you can use it for. Andy, are you really rumbling that uh, that uh, ant's nest of height data on an outdoor GPS unit? Yeah. We're, we're more worried about distances and navigation than height, really. But yeah. That's brilliant. Fantastic. So again, have a look at that website and uh, yeah, let us know how you get on. The next thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is a look at the Garmin Topo Active Mapping. So we got our Garmin Topo Active Mapping preloaded on a number of units, 22X, 32X, 65S, 66i, 66SR, and all the Montana 700, 700i, and 750i. And also on the range of Phoenix 7 watches, Phoenix 6, Phoenix 5 Plus. Actually, yeah, I think all of the, the Phoenix 6Xs and the or the watches that had the plus after them, yes, like the 5 plus, 5 plus, they all came with the Topo Active Europe maps as well as those GPSs that you've mentioned and, and some of the older GPSs, if I remember rightly, E-Trex Touches, they came with the Yes, of course, Topo 25 and 35 yeah. as well. So people don't know, Andy, what is Topo Active mapping? So this is Garmin's own mapping that with these certain units you get for free preloaded on the memory of the unit covers every country in Europe. Um, if you went back to the first versions, there were, I don't want to say basic, that sounds a bit cruel. There were maps that if you went abroad on holiday, if you were walking around an urban environment, a town or village, I found them really useful. Loads of information for towns and villages. As you went up into the hills, they weren't as detailed. They do have some main trails and paths on them, but they're nothing like a, an Ordnance Survey map or an IGN map, but at the end of the day, they came for free on all of these units with three lifetime updates for them. So great if you were going on holiday. But there becomes a problem. Pre, sorry, free lifetime updates is where the problem occurred, isn't it, I think, with many of these units? Well, in a positive, Garmin are making these maps better all the time. As, as times evolve, the maps have got um, more detail. There's been a big update at the start of the year, which actually started adding contour lines I'm seeing more trails and paths appearing. So they are getting really nice maps to use when you go abroad. But that what comes with that is a memory size. So certain units just don't have the internal storage now to fit the maps on the internal storage. So what Garmin would normally recommend you do, which we're going to talk about a bit more in the tips that we look at later on, is you use a memory card. But of course, a lot of people, when they're using the GPS devices that they buy from ourselves, 
in this country have got an Ordnance Survey memory card that doesn't really have the memory on it to put other maps on. So there's a few things I'm going to talk about when we go through the tips. But I've got to be positive that, you know, at the end of the day, these maps are free. They don't cost anything. You're getting the free updates once you know how to do that, which we'll talk about further. And they're covering all of Europe. And I think if you go on holiday, they're a good map to take with you. The thing is, as you rightly say, before we had these top active mapping on, on a E-Trex 20 or a 30 or a Montana 600, you had to put a map card and there was nothing. It was a very, very basic base mapping. So it was actually, they brought in originally for those budget units, didn't they, just to give you some mapping if you didn't buy an Ordnance Survey map card. Yeah, I mean, they just add that extra detail when you've got you know because the worldwide base map a lot of people think when they see an advert or another website that says oh this garmin unit comes with worldwide base map that's something different that's an extremely basic um elevation module it has elevation built into it it's just really outlines the countries and a few main roads when you start looking at the new total active european map and it's got a, it's got a lot more detail appearing now i mean all your all your streets and place names are marked you have places of interest when you change certain settings you see car park symbols shops churches hospitals and you say there is footpaths marked on it and i just think the fact they're starting to put contour lines on it is, is a good thing other than it does take up more memory but on the downside of the top active mapping for this country it just shows everything's a path doesn't it, it doesn't say it's a footpath bridleway or frankly a private driveway yeah about, we've so. discussed this a lot before on your gps unit you might not realize that when you've got this total active mapping loaded you may not familiar with the symbols but either on a push button unit or a touchscreen unit you can move the cursor um, with a push button unit on a touchscreen unit you can tap on the screen get the drawn pin and when you move it over what looks like a footpath it's not really just little dashes it'll say track trail but it doesn't as john says it doesn't say right of way mm -hmm. as we know the ordnance survey map has lots of paths marked on it that aren't necessarily rights away they're just paths but um right away is right of access often it'll say in the description on the ordnance survey map is unknown when you look at your map key so the difference is we're so used to an ordnance survey map where we can look and say ah that is a public right away i'm allowed to walk there so yes don't get us wrong some of the paths you'll look and it'll actually be labeled i know from my montane spine i had some total active mapping and it said pennine way mm -hmm. it was really good it was accurate but that's because it said it was the Pennine Way, and I already know the Pennine Way is a right of way, um, or you know, when it's open and not closed off for any reason. So that is the downside with the total active mapping. Certainly for this country, you're going to see paths. You're going to be able to tell it's a path by moving on it with the, the joystick, but you can't. It doesn't tell you right of way. Yeah. That's the only thing you've got to bear in mind. But as a digital maps, as you rightly say, you zoom in, you get more information. You zoom out, get less information, don't you? It's so. clear, sharp lots of um like so lots of information when you're in an urban environment and i think we we forget about it a lot even us customers who have got um ordnance survey maps we're out in the hills where os maps but sometimes when you come down into a town or a village knowing that you can actually turn off in your map settings the ordnance survey map and then if you have got this mapping on the memory of your unit it will then appear once you turn off your os mapping sometimes walking around a, you know a city a town a village it's an easier map mm -hmm. to actually read and navigate around those low level walks than an ordnance survey map you know but there are some instances though isn't it where we can just get away with this you know if you're downloading a gpx file or something like that we can just get away with the uh, topoactive mapping because we're just then overlaying that route data yeah. on top of it isn't it i think going back in this country because we have the beauty that we can buy detailed ordnance survey maps 
even if I'm doing all my walks with GPX files, these are routes that you've been sent, either someone else has planned on a map or you've planned yourself, and then they're overlaid on top of whatever map you've got on your unit. I think because I can get an Ordnance Survey map, I would still get one. But I think when you go abroad on holiday, especially if you're in an organised trip, you'll often, a bit like Shepherd's Walks, and this could be our holiday business, we give the customers a GPX file. You're normally given a GPX file, or you'll get the search on the internet to find GPX files for those routes abroad. And if that's overlaid on the map, I know it's not a, an IGN map, a, an Ordnance Survey map, but I think you've still got enough information there for what you can see around you with that GPX file to navigate with. And especially if you're just going for a week's holiday or two weeks holiday, you're not wanting to invest hundreds of pounds in your map set for that as well. As you say, if you're overlaying GPX file, that would be great. But that kind of comes a little bit to the snag we've had in the past. So the snag in the past, as you've rightly said, these, these uh, maps have got better and better, contours have come in, but we've been struggling with space on it. So Garmin have actually done a solution for some of the units, Andy, haven't they? Yeah, so what I'm gonna do, when we go on to the tips later on, I'll give you an idea of what we're gonna talk about. What they've actually done on this last update, they've split it into three regions now. Any of you have got the older Topoactive maps, when you go into your um, setup and maps, you'll see it was listed as, doing this from the top, yet, I think it was Southwest Europe and Northeast Europe. It was two regions mm -hmm. that covered all the 40, I think it's 47 countries, isn't it, in Europe. What you'll find now when you do the update, it's actually split into West Europe, East Europe, Central Europe, and then, of course, some of you who have bought the the Montana 700Is and 750Is, just to throw the mix into the mix, you've actually got City Navigator maps. And when you look at the size of those now, um, the three regions, the West, East and Central, are nearly eight gigabytes, and the City Navigator are nearly six gigabytes now. So Garmin have added a new feature, more um, just really for the Montanas, um, which will go in a bit more detail on the tips that we do at the end of this podcast, but where you can manage a little bit better on your Montana units. But I will give you some tips on managing these new regions on all of the other units using memory cards and we'll, we'll hopefully point you in the right direction on how you can do that when we go into the tips. I know this just relates to the 700i, 750i, but I didn't realise the City Navigator was nearly six gigabytes of memory. That's massive, isn't it, really? Because yeah. a whole of the top of active is eight gigabytes. It just makes you realise how what, what a big set that is, really. Yeah, it's a lot of memory that we're taking up. And it, I mean, you've got to be positive. It's because they're getting better. Yeah. Um, when you actually, I mean, you can buy these products as separate items from Garmin. You can even buy the Topo Active maps, I think, for about 45 £46. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something you normally pay for. And Garmin will tell you when you're buying it that they tend to recommend the size of memory card that you need. So that's the way they're expecting you to go, not necessarily on the internal storage, even though we know with some of these bigger, newer units, we have got a fair bit of memory on the internal storage. But they've just got better with the maps and we just haven't got that space now mm -hmm. but we will go into that in a in a bit more detail i mean the other thing I, I mean a lot of our customers are using their units not just for walking and hiking in these low level walks they use them for cycling so i think you've got that nice crossover that with these european maps it'll snap onto just for cycling bear in mind if you're a motorbiker or a car the topoactive maps don't let you pick that profile. I've been caught out with a few customers who hadn't realised. So if you haven't got the City Navigator maps, which of course let you route via car or motorbike, if you want to navigate on the Topo Active maps, you do have to, um, and you wanted to snap onto trails or roads, you have to either say you're something like tour cycling, cycling, 
or hiking it doesn't work with the motorbike profiles just to make mm -hmm. people aware of that brilliant so that's the top item a bit of a summary top item mapping as andy says when we hit the top tips later on he's going to tell you how we can update that now is there anything else you need to add about that andy or think we've covered everything about the top no item? i think really it's just you know if you're buying units from us you'll see which ones it includes it's it's the the current range is the e 22 and 32 gps map 65s the gps map 66i and 66sr and the montana 700 700i and 750i and all the phoenix 7 ranges of watches that we do they all come with this total active european map and um, you can all they can all be updated to the latest version that has this extra detail and we'll go into a little bit more detail on the tips on updating them and just some things you need to be aware of before you update them and before we leave that one other thing to clarify a lot of people do ring up when you order from our website it says like say you're ordering Montana 7 with top of active mapping then the next option is with one's 50,000 mapping next option one twenty five thousand mapping people do say oh do I get the top of active mapping if I buy a one's 50,000 map you do you get both of those maps there but just make the box very very long so you get the one you get the top of active mapping with any of the units Andy's just mentioned if you do buy a map card you get that as well as or in a, like yeah, an addition it's, it's, to as well it's an addition, yeah. so when you go overseas you would use your top of active mapping more than likely and you'd use your ordinance server here in this country yeah Next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is wireless transfer and following a course. So we actually discussed this on last month's podcast. We talk about um, how courses have now been introduced to a number of handheld GPS units. Um, if people miss that, Andy, what is a course? So really, to me, it's a bit of terminology that Garmin have taken from the fitness devices, such as the, well, the Phoenix watches <coughs> or the Instinct watches. So the terminology we normally look at with a handheld GPS device is you pre-plan something on some map planning software like our free OS route plan on our website or another program, we call it a route. You record something in a unit where you've walked, we call it a track. Sometimes it gets called an activity now because some of the newer units have that folder activity, but it's a track recording. What the course is, whenever you plan, whether it be a route, so you click on a map and plan a route, you may have been sent from a friend a track recording of where they've walked. When you send that to a certain range, that's what we're going to discuss of handheld devices now, using an app, a mobile app called Garmin Connect. So the beauty is you don't need a computer anymore. If you transfer it to your device, the terminology changes to a course. It's a strange one, really, because it is to me when you're actually navigating it. It's like a track. It's very like a track, but something within the app, the mobile app called Garmin Connect, converts that route or track that you're now transferring to your device using Bluetooth into this new terminology called course. We shouldn't worry too much about terminology, but you need to know because you need to know where to find it after sending it from the app. Where is it on the unit? Why is it not in the routes or tracks folder? There's this new folder called Course Planner. And it's often free because it's a new thing. It actually appears right down at the bottom of the menu. So you've got your route and waypoints at the top and tracks or, or current activity often is. And then you cut. Where's the course? It's down at the bottom because it's a new menu, isn't it? It's a strange one I've noticed. With the push button units we're going to talk about, it appears automatically with the last software updates. Yeah. But with the Montana 700s, I haven't checked on the last update. I should have really. But on the update, when it first came on, it doesn't automatically appear. So anyone with a Montana who's updated their unit, if you're not seeing a folder called Course Planner on the main menu of whatever profile you're on, you've got to, when you're on the main menu, touch the three white bars at the bottom of the screen and then select Add Page. 
and then select from one of them. I think it's the first menu. You select course planner. Mm-hmm. Strange that it's not one unit. It's automatically added. Another one. It's not. You know. So the units then. There's not all units. It's kind of just the top end units because what we need is connectivity to the Connect app, which is on your mobile phone or your tablet. Again, Android or um, Apple. I'm trying to think of the two things. Android or Apple, isn't yeah, it? Apple, iPhone, yeah. rather, or iPad. Um, so which units then can we send wirelessly from, Andy? It's the, the full 66 range. Anything that's GPS map 66, so 66 S, I, and SR. Also includes the 86 range, so the marine versions, uh, the 86i and the 86, and any of the Montana 700 range, 700, 750, 750i, 700i. Just to some customers, if you are getting confused and think, ah, I've got a different unit and it works for Garmin Connect. Some of the other units out there, going back even to things like the Oregon 700 and Etrex Touch 35, GPS Map 65, they'll do a one-way sync. So if you do a walk, it'll sync data with the Garmin Connect app to show where you've been. You can use the Garmin Connect app so that it's paired with your phone and anyone sends you a message while you're out walking, you see it on your GPS, but you can't physically send at the minute whether that changes, I don't know, it may not. You can't send a GPX file using Garmin Connect to those devices. It is purely the, the map 66 and 86 range and the Montana 700 range. And because we think, or we, well, we, we sat down, we said, this is the, this a lot of people are now moving into this way. Um, I must kind of mention, I just did a, a course in Rothbury at the weekend and uh, Liam was on, um, who actually works for Montaigne, Andy. So you might yeah. be able to get your discounted. Uh, oh, good, yeah. <laughs> I keep getting discounted from doing the Montaigne. I, I was into the into Montaigne spine race. I don't know if you a backward entry into there, really. So anyway, and Liam was actually a, an ultra event and he was saying that we did a whole course and, and, and I used to kind of guys as a bit of a guinea pig. I kind of knew it was something we need to introduce in the course. We were way ahead of ourselves. We were a cracking group at the weekend. So I kind of emailed them all a GPX file and we, we got them to transfer it via the Connect app onto their GPS units. And Liam, who said, like, said yeah, this is this is how I'm going to do it. You know, this is how this is my kind of planning. So, you know, I'm doing an event. I'll just sit in front of the television the night before, open it up on my mobile phone and wirelessly transfer it. So we, yeah, we worked through with those guys and, uh, and they all really got it. Um, luckily, they all had the right GPS units. So we thought, right, okay, let's, this is time to now bring this into the syllabus of the two-day course. So you've been working on the slides, Andy. So I know you're at the lakes this weekend, aren't you? Yeah, Getting so I, don't, I must admit this weekend, unfortunately, I don't think I've got any customers with units that can do it. Actually, I think there's one customer I might be going to borrow a unit. And if right. they are, hopefully they're going to borrow something like a 66 S, so I'll be able to demonstrate it. But it's like anything on courses, we have lots of different units and some units do do different things. Mm-hmm. So there's sometimes on courses where we'll say to customers, your unit doesn't have an electronic compass. If you guys just sit back for five minutes yeah. while we show the customers how to do this process. So it'll be a similar thing on courses. You'll start seeing us. If you do come along to a course with one of these units, we may ask start asking you in advance to put the Garmin Connect app on your mobile device so you've got it ready and we'll do a little bit demonstration Anyone out there who's maybe thinking, actually, no, my unit, um, Garmin Specs is it works with something called the Explore app and I can send GPX files that way. You can do it, but we're still finding that software, that app a little bit buggy and it's not as straightforward. So we're just trying to keep things simple at the minute. A lot of customers, if you've got a computer, you're using the computer anyway, that's great. But I think if you've got one of the models we've mentioned the Garmin Connect at the minute is just so, I'm saying at the minute, sorry, I hope it stays that way. It's just so streamlined and quick to send a GPX file. We don't seem to have any bugs or glitches that we still unfortunately seem to experience with the Explore app. 
So it's my experience at the weekend. The group just did it. I'm not being from the, I think they all had the Connect app on because they've had other devices. And, and I, I emailed them all the GPX file. They could open it up and they all transferred it. And I kind of, for me, that was a, a light, light, light bulb moment. How easy is that to do? Whereas you rightly said, we used to discuss a little bit about the Explore app and we've just struggled with it. You know, customers struggled with it. Which folder do we put it in? I know you've done some great videos in the online resource. But for me, even without the presentation in front of them, they just did it. And I, that's why I said to you, I sat down on Monday and said, this is easy. No, they, they can do it without even a press. If we give them step-by-step -step instructions on the screen during a course, they're going to fly through it, aren't they? So, so yeah, so I've added those slides now onto the courses. So if you are with one of those units on a course now, you'll start seeing this in, oh, would you like to do this? It's not for everyone. Not yeah. Some customers may not either have a phone that's um, a smartphone or want to put the app on the phone. You don't have to do it that way, but it's just bringing in a new method and a way of doing something without a computer. Brilliant. So the course locations, if people want to join us, is... No, last time I forgot one, but I've now added it back in South Downs, um, Clayton South Downs, New Forest, and he does the New Forest, and he does Northamptonshire, sir, and for Gloucestershire as hey, well. Hey, got Gloucestershire back in. <laughs> You've actually got some good bookings on that next course yeah, as well. Yeah, got a Gloucestershire one good. just the start of the school holidays there. Peak District, you're there in two or three weeks' time. That's fully sold out. Weekends, yeah, a couple of weeks, that's, that's fully out, yeah. sold out. Lake District here this weekend. Northumberland, I did one at last weekend, and we've got one of the Scottish borders later on in the year. So, yeah, if you can join us on a course, really is appreciated. I say this wholeheartedly. No, if you are committed to come on a course, you will get to groups with your GPS unit. That's what Andy and I are there to do. And uh, we thoroughly enjoy the enthusiasm. We learn... With, a great company, aren't we? Have a good oh, crack yeah. on the course. We have a lot of lot of good fun from people on there. So if you can join us on the course, please do. And again, we'll be incorporating this new development into it. To find out more about our GPS training courses, please just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS training courses on the top menu bar, and then you see Garmin classroom-based courses. The next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Andy's top tips. So, going back to uh, story one, Andy, it is how are we going to get these new large files onto our GPS units? So, Topoactive Maps, I mentioned I was going to give you a few tips. Now, the first one is for customers out there who own a Montana 700i, 750i or 700. They use a program called Garmin Express, which is a free download from Garmin. So, literally, just search in your browser, Garmin Express, and you get the option to download for Mac or Windows, make sure you've got the latest one. When you download Garmin Express and then plug in your Montana 700 series unit, it will say check in for updates. And if there's any firmware updates, let those go on your unit, unplug the unit and let them install. The reason I say that, one of the latest firmware updates for the Montana 700 series is changed one of the screens where we used to go into setup and maps and see configure maps. I noticed the wording is now changed to map manager which is what i'm coming on to next so if you do the firmware update first in your unit what your montana unit um sorry montana 700 guys and ladies will discover when you then plug it back into garmin express when it says check for updates and you normally get the option oh there's map updates and what you used to have to do is just pick yes you want to install them all and you get that horrible message you do not have enough memory please put a memory card in there's now a new part whether you be mac or windows that says manage maps and if you click on manage maps it gives you the option to pick your city navigator map and then you can either put the whole of europe on your unit or 
it's split into 10 sections why would i want to do this this is because it's found as an update for your maps so you know with city navigator i'll be like your car gps there might be new some roads that have changed something new that's been added points of interest you want the latest map when you're traveling away so if you're about to go abroad but you realize you haven't got enough memory on your unit now due to the size and you can say well actually i only need this section this section this section because when you come back home you can then switch it back again and tick a section that's western europe so you can do that on the city navigator maps but what's also nice on the topo active maps now it gives you the option of picking which of the three regions you want. You can have all of them, but you would again need a separate memory card, which I'll come back onto shortly for the unit. So for the total active maps, you could pick, I want the Western Europe section. I'll just give you a rough idea where that covers it. You actually get a little map on the screen that shows you as well. So if I picked Western Europe total active, it's the UK, Portugal, Spain, France, Belgium, Netherlands, Madeira, Canaries, Azores. I think there was a couple of other islands I missed off there, but it's just giving you a rough idea. And then they've got East Europe, which is more like Scandinavia, Norway, Sweden, Finland. And then you're coming down a channel um, of Poland, Estonia, Latvia, Slovakia, Hungary, Bulgaria, Romania, Ukraine, down to Turkey. It's just to give you an idea. Central Europe's the rest of the countries. I'm not going to list them all. But it means you can be very individual and pick. Now, when you tick those options and then say update, it's removing certain sections off and just putting those ones on your unit. So please bear that in mind. But it means you shouldn't be getting the message in lack of memory. If obviously you try and put too many of the regions on, you'll get that same message. Not enough memory. You need a memory card. So bear in mind, this is only for uh, whether it will be added to the other units like the 66s. Um, I don't know on the 65s, but at the minute it's purely the Montana 700, 750 range. With the latest firmware and latest version of Garmin Express, you'll now see this new option, Manage Maps, and you can pick which ones want to go on the internal storage. So for the other users of these units, they're still going to have to use a micro SD card, aren't they? So as you say, the E-Trex and 700, uh, the um, so if you've 66 got, range, isn't it? Yeah, so if you've got like an E-Trex 2232, 700i and... Seven, sorry, forget about the 700i and 750i, if you did want to put... The full maps on you need something like a blank 16 gig card but if you've got an e-trex 22 or 32 we do put a shit out with the units when we sell them even if you are using an ordnance survey map card you're unfortunately going to have to if you you don't have to update the european maps you can leave the ones on you got with your unit it's not like they're years and years out of date i think they were done a couple of years ago but if you do want that latest update you are going to have to buy a 16 gb micro card you can't put any more than a 32 gig card in so if you have got oh well i've got a 64 gig card lying around you'll probably find that won't work garmin specify whatever reason the biggest card you can use is a 32 gig we tend to recommend a 16 gig just so you know with the other units um the 65s the 66i and the 66sr we're actually finding at the moment if you because they don't have the city navigator maps you can still actually perform the full update because you only get the choice unfortunately of doing the update and it's still fitting on the memory okay on those units brilliant so that's it andy's top tip there on updating those and again it's really nice that garment as at the moment with the montana you're able to separate them in, into regions and going forward fingers crossed they roll that across nice all the do. units yeah, I think they it should rolls do, across other units we don't know but at the minute it's with the montana 700 range so we're going to use these top active mapping andy your next top tip is how we can make these yeah look a little bit more 
detailed, isn't yeah. it, really? John mentioned when we were talking about the topoactive maps that as you zoom into them, you change what you see. They're like digital layers, so it's not like a flat scan of a map. So the further you zoom in, you see extra information. But what you can do, there's a setting in your unit that every unit has when you go into your setup and then you select the option map. And then it's normally found on the latest units in advanced setup. And you'll see in the advanced setup in the map setting something called detail level. Normally it's set as normal. If you change that detail level to a different level when you're viewing the OS map cards, you won't see any more information. But if you change that detail level to say more or most, when you're viewing the topo active maps, you'll suddenly see icons that weren't there and things appear, more detail appear. So as you zoom in and out, you see a lot more information. Some customers find if they change it to the highest level, there's too much information. But the nice thing is you can have a play about with it when you're out there using that topoactive mapping, have a play about with that map detail setting in the advanced settings and see which one works best for you. Fantastic, that's brilliant. So to find out more top tips, please do sign up to the GPS training online resources, packed full of videos. Please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on the online resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you would like us to cover in future episodes, please do do get in touch. Please do get in touch if you think about buying a GPS unit or alternatively, you fancy coming on one of our GPS training courses, both physical courses and we also do the online training courses. And also we do the one-to-one over Zoom as well. If you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you can, and you can leave us a snazzy review, that is always appreciated. Many thanks, Andy, for joining me. And I've had an exciting journey a week to a week on Saturday on my birthday. Um, I'm actually doing the St Cuthbert's Way Ultra, which is just a mere 45 miles. Have we all got the Ultra bug? Is this what's happening in GPS training? So, yeah, that's going to be a classic one, starting at half past 12 at night. You've got to register on the Friday evening, straight after a day's work. Yeah. And then um, and then I'm starting at half past 12 in Melrose and coming through to Wooler. So I'm actually going to... Uh, it's got live tracking as well, so I'm going to uh, share that live tracking on the uh, GPS training social media. So if you are up... In the early hours of the 9th of July, I'll be finished by mid-afternoon or mid to late afternoon, hopefully. Uh, you'll be able to see me, uh, track me, and it hopefully be a bit cooler day. Yeah. Back home for a bar, barbecue and uh, beer for my birthday on the yeah. 9th of we July. like a bit of dot watching, so it's good, yeah. good <laughs> so, fun. That's so yeah, thank you, Andy, for joining me on the podcast. And there'll be another mid-month podcast where we analyse Andy's spine race. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.